Shas Illuminated presents the following shear by Rabbi Chaim Balter. Maseches Sukkah has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Noach Stengel, Le'ilu Nishmas Menachem Meir ben Naftali, and Esther Bas David. Today's daf is Chavbez Amar Aleph. The daf mainly deals with the Mishnah beginning on Chavbez Amar Aleph on the top, and most of the daf is just an explanation of the three dinim within the Mishnah, and that'll be our topic, dealing with three separate dinim in the Mishnah. The first din in the Mishnah is the din of Sukkah Hamu Ham Duvleles. The second is Shushitzilta Maruba Mechamta. And the third is Sukkah Hamuba Kimin Bias. Concerning each of these issues, there is a discussion about firstly, why what is the issue? with each of these cases, and why does it have to say kshera? Is it a chiddush to say kshera? Some of these cases, for instance, like a sukkah, shetzilta, miruba, michamta, seems to be very, very simple. So what is the chiddush of kshera? Secondly, there seems to be a difference of opinion. Are these cases cases of bidyevet or lechatchilas? And the word kshera, as the Vilnagon understands it, concerning at least sukkah hamauba, means that these dinim are only lechatchila, and um, are only bidyevet and not lechatchila. Uh, so let's look at each of these cases. The first case is sukkah hamuv ham duvleles. Um, there's a machlokis here between Rav and Shmuel concerning what is the actual definition of sukkah ham duvleles. Rav says sukkah aniyah. It's a sukkah that has barely enough schach. Meaning that there are there is a uh, paucity of schach within the sukkah, and I'll read Rashi's definition: Sheyesh b'schacha kanim maat, v'yesh ba over harbe, l'shein bo shlosha biyachad. Meaning that there is no um, space between any of the schach that's more than three tefachim. Therefore, there's lovud. So there definitely is not a pirza or an opening within the schach in order to create a problem of uh, psul of avir. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel, however, understands sukkah ham duvleles as being a sukkah whereby the schach is complete and is not that there's no paucity or lack of schach, but rather the issue is that kana ole meaning the schach is not all on one plane. So, for instance, you could have a sukkah of 10 feet. It could be that some of the schach is on the 9-foot plane and some of the schach is on the 7-foot plane. Now, the Gemara says that based on these two interpretations of the first case, it may be that the second case is not actually a second case, but rather just an extension or a modification of the first case. So, uh, Tani Chada, Rav Tani Chada, Rav learns really the first and second cases. One case, and as long as Shetzilta Merub Michamta, it's kosher uh, because you have enough tzel, you have enough shade. So, even though there seems to be a paucity of schach, there really is no issue because Shetzilta Merub Michamta. However, Shmuel learns the two cases are actually separate, and there are three distinct cases. The first case being the case of Sukkah Ham Duvleles. And that case is a case where I mentioned that it's Oile Mikan Viyard Mikan. The Gemara then has a Shaka Vitaria within Shmuel. 
What is the nature of Shmuel's halacha? What type of separation between the two planes of schach would be too much to create a psul? And in what scenario do we say that even though the schachos are on two separate planes, they still are considered to be mitzarif, to be to create a kosher sukkah? So first is a shita sabaye, amar abaye lo shanu elo shein bein Abaye says as long as the two planes are within shloshet fachim, then everything is fine. Aval yesh ben psula. So, for instance, if you have a sukkah where the schach is on one plane, and let's say that plane is ten feet, and below it there's another plane of schach finishing off the schach sukkah, and it's seven or eight feet, which is clearly more than three tefachim, then it would be possible according to Abayi's interpretation of Shmuel. However, Rava comes along and says, "Afilu yesh benzel Even though there is much more than shloshet meaning the planes of the schach could be way off. It doesn't just mean two sheets. You could have one set of schach that's a, that's a few tfachim at 10 feet, another set that's a few tfachim at 7 feet, another that are back at 9 feet. Although the schach can be placed sporadically on the vertical plane. And nevertheless, as long as each piece of schach that is the higher piece of schach has a tefach, then there's a special halochim Moshe Misinai, which says that even though there's greater than Shloshet Tfachim, Shmuel says, uh, Shmuel's halacha is, according to Rava, Afili yesh ben zeh lazeh Shloshet Tfachim, nami lo amron ela she'en begago gago tefach. Va yesh begago tefach, however, if there's a tefach in any one of the higher planes of schach, then there's a halacha, da amrinan we say, a special halacha Moshe Misinai Chabut Rami. So the first question that comes up in the sugya, this first issue of sukkah ham, ham duvleles, is who do we paskin like? Do we learn like Rav or do we learn like Shmuel? So many of the Rishonim, most Rishonim, explain that since there's a shaki v'tayya within Shmuel, it must be that we paskin like Shmuel. Otherwise, why would Abaye and Rava have a discussion of this? Uh, similarly, they say, the fact that Rav learns the Mishnah differently doesn't mean that Rav would disagree with Shmuel's din. And it makes a lot of sense that he would not disagree with Shmuel's din, because Shmuel's din is based on the din of Chabut Rami, which is a halacha Moshe Misinai, and it would be difficult to say that Rav rejects the halacha Moshe Misinai of Shmuel. As a matter of fact, it says, the Gemara says, Amarava mana where does Shmuel derive his halacha from, according to Rava, this idea of Chabut Rami? It's actually from halacha in Oyelos. The halacha of Oyelos is you need an ohel to be mevituma. So if you are under one plane, then the halacha is, even though you are not next to the mace, that is considered to be an ohel, to bring the tumor from one section to another section. What happens, however, if the roof, again, is not on one, is not on one vertical plane, but rather some boards are higher than others? So the uh, halacha in Oilash, the halacha that's brought in the Gemara, the Mishnah, tells us that if these boards are one on top of the other, and there are spaces, so there is just air without any covering at all, and on the vertical plane there are openings, then each of the boards that covers the Tumas HaMes, cannot be maybe the Tumah. 
However, if the boards are 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 not one on top of the other, but rather they correspond with each other, meaning that if you would combine the boards that are on top with the bottom, you would have a seamless roof, then the halacha is, even though they're on difficult, different vertical planes, one is higher than the other, I would say that the top ones fill the opening that exists between the bottom ones. This is called the halacha of Chobot Rami. Now, it's very important for us to understand the din of Chabut Rami, which is halacha Moshe Misinai. Is it similar to other halachas Moshe Misinai? How exactly does it work? And we can mainly understand how it works by seeing different scenarios of when we apply Chabut Rami and many different machlokasim, uh, what are the parameters of Chabut Rami. Rashi, interestingly, seems to compare Chabut Rami to Gerachas. Rashi says that Chabut Rami is basically the same din of good aches. Rashi says, She'ein bagago bekana ha'ola rochav tevach, that if the top boards that are on top of the holes that are made, or the gaps of the lower boards, are not a tefach, then lav shem o'alaleha la'ach shuve. They don't have the chashivas of an ohel, in order to be projected downwards and cover the opening between the bottom boards. And to say Chabut Rami. Now, what is the Taich of Chabut Rami? Rashi says the Taich is Hashpel. Bring those boards down. And spread them on the openings or gaps below them. Now, these are the keywords in Rashi. Dahainu Nami Inyan Gud this is the same concept that we have by mechitzas. So if I have a mechitza that's suspended, I say that that mechitza can be viewed halachically as extending downwards. We had a concept of good asik, where we know that mechitzas don't have to touch the schach, but once you have a valid mechitza, then I say that mechitza can be extended. Rashi then explains, Rashi explains, why isn't the word good aches actually used in the Gemara? Because there he says it's not talking about a horizontal board, but rather a vertical mechitza. And it's just a different term of art, whereby if the mechitza is vertical, you view it going up vertically, and that's good aches or good asik. Here, Chabut Rami is that I have a horizontal board, and I'll view the board as coming down. So Rashi it seems to indicate that the Adina, din, uh, the din of Chabut Rami is essentially akin to Gerachas. Now, there's an important Machlekes Rishonim here, where Rashi Shita, and as Gilin Oshas points out, is also Tosas Shita, that I would say Chabut Rami and I would say that I would take the top boards and allow them to, to fill the gaps of the lower boards to create an ohel. Similarly, by a sukkah, I would take the sukkah that is on top and view it as if it is extending downward to cover any gaps in the lower plane of the schach. That Rashi and Tosas say this both applies even if the status of the sukkah at that point in time has greater sunlight, is chamtum miruba mitzilta. The piske read on the sugi, however, disagrees, and says, I would not say chabut rami. 
He says, He says, according to Rashi, I could not use Chabut Rami to combine the top layers of Shach with the bottom layers of Shach, even if it would turn out that if they were combined together, it would result in greater Tzel. Because call Hecha de because at the end of the day, the Piskei Harid says, as long as there's greater sunlight than there is, than there is tzilta, than there is shade, botele schach legamre. There's no din of schach. And he gives an example. He says, even if you apply an imaginary halacha Moshe Misinai, like Lovud, and I just took a number of different pieces of schach and separated them on top of the sukkah, so the maximum distance between them would be less than three tzvachim, if that doesn't create sail, if that does not create enough shade, then of course you wouldn't say just because there's a din mechitzus on top that it would be kosher. Here too, he says, chobot rami is the same concept as creating a din mechitza or a din ohel. And therefore, you would need practically at that moment still tzilta mechamta. What's the machlokes between Rashi Tosus on one hand and the Piske Reed and other Rishonim that are brought by the Ritva and the Ran that say when you would not say Chabut Rami. So one possibility of learning is there is a essential machlokes in how they understand the requirement of Tzilta Meruba Michamta of Tzel Sukkah. Is Tzel Sukkah actually practically something that must exist in the sukkah? Or is it that is it actually just a shear in the schach? And even if the schach itself does not provide the tzel at that moment, if it has the potential to go ahead and to provide it, then it is sufficient. According to Rashi, even though there's no tzel at the moment, since there's enough schach in theory, if combined, to go ahead and to provide the tzel, that's enough. It's a shear in the schach. It's not a siba, a reason, but rather it's a simen. If I have enough shade, that means I have enough schach. It's a shear in the chefza of the schach. Chabut Rami, according to Rashi, allows us to be mitztarev, the top schach, with the bottom schach. However, according to the Piskerid, there would be no way that a sukkah could be kosher unless practically the schach actually provides the tzel because according to the Piskerid, it's not a simen of the shear of the chefza of the schach but rather practically there's no shame sukkah unless there is actually greater tzel. There are three other issues with the application of Chabut Rami that again could give us insight into how Chabut Rami works. Once again, Chabut Rami requires a board on top, one of the higher boards, to be at least a tefach according to the Gemara. And then I could see it as filling any gaps in the schach below. There's a machlokes between, again, Rashi and Tosus on one side and a Yesh Omrim in the Ran on the other side. And this is also the Shittas Haritva. That not only does the board above or the schach above have to be a tefach, but the space below it that it fills also has to be the size of a tefach. 
So for instance, if I have a board that's a tefach above a gap below it that's less than a tefach, according to the Ran, I could not say Chabut Rami. At first glance, this, is, this seems strange. I would think that the smaller the gap on the bottom, the more easily it would be, would be to say Chabut Rami. The stipler in Simen Chof, in uh, the Kilos Yaakov on Sukkah, explains that there's a question about how to view Chabut Rami, how the, technically it works. And the verbiage he uses, the description he uses is, do you say that the Sukkah is Tsar al Tsad? Do you say, I take the top schach, and I actually view it as if it is falling or falls upon the gap below? Or do I view it as being not ze al ze, but rather ze eitzel ze? Meaning the Chabut Rami doesn't say, let's view it as if it falls, but rather, let's view it as if the schach above corresponds and is viewed as being next to the schach below. So if I understand like Rashi, then very well I might require, I, I don't require, the opening below to be the size of a tefach. Because as long as the schach above is falling down on top of the schach below, then of course it's covering the uh, opening, whether it's more than a tefach or less than a tefach, as long as the ohel above, as long as the schach above is a tefach. However, if I'm viewing something as being mitztaref, I'm viewing chabut rami as not being the top schach falling halachically on the bottom schach, but rather one complementing the other, then it may very well be that one cannot complement the other unless there's an opening of at least a tefach below, which gives us an opening which allows the schach below to correspond to the schach above. So I need a shame ohel in the opening below. Rashi and Divar Hamaschil, Vetonio law, says that even though that seems to be the mashmos of the Gemara, the Gemara doesn't mean literally that the schach below needs gaps of a tefach, but practically. If there's a gap of a tefach below, then there's at least a tefach above to create a shame ohel to collapse on the schach below. The second issue is, what happens if the schach above is larger, it's at least a tefach, or two or three tefachim, and the, the opening of the schach below is only one tefach. So even though I fulfilled my first requirement according to the Ran that both the schach above is at least a tefach wide, and the schach below, and the opening below is at least a tefach wide. The question now is, what if the opening below is much, much smaller than the schach above? So for instance, I could have three or four tefachim above, and my opening below will be two tefachim. You'd think that, again, that should work. But there is a day abroad in the Ritva. And it's also brought in the Kesef Mishnah on the Shitas Harambam in Sukkah, Hilchah Sukkah, Perak Hay, Halachah that that may not work. As a matter of fact, the Kesef Mishnah is Medayik in the Lashon Harambam. When the Rambam brings the Din of Chobot Rami, he says, tefach, O Yeser, as long as the uh, top schach is at least a tefach wide or more, 
אף על פי שהוא גבוה יסר משלושת טווחים. Even though it's higher than three tvachim, as we said, that's the din of Chabut Rami. We take the ohel of schach, that's a tevach wide above, and rowen also ki'ilu yorod l'mata. Interesting lotion the Rambam uses. Rowen also, we see the schach above as, as if it comes down below. V'noge b'svaz zehayored. He doesn't say covers it. He doesn't say chab... It's interesting, lotion chabut means to actually come down and cover, and to actually come down and press upon it. But the Rambam changes the Lush and says, It's not really covering the opening, but rather it's touching the edge of the opening below it. And then the Rambam adds a few key words that the Kesses mission is medayikin. It has to be that the upper schach is an exact complement, mechuvan, with the opening below. The Kesev Mishnah postulates that according to the Shittas HaRambam, there has to be an exact fit between the schach above and the opening below. So firstly, I would at least need at least a tefach below, because I need a tefach above. Secondly, if the size of the schach above is three or four tefachim wide. In order for it to correspond to the opening below, the opening below has to be at least as large. And then he says it may very well be that it has to be an exact fit. That the only time I say chabut rami is when above it is exactly three tefachim and below the opening is exactly three tefachim. This is the diuk that the Kesev Mishnah makes in the Rambam. When we look at the din in the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch clearly paskins like Shita Shmuel, that we say Chabut Rami, and it brings both the Shitas of Abaye and Rava in understanding Shmuel. It brings the Shita clearly that if there's less than Shloshet Fachim between the upper layers of Schach and the bottom layers of Schach, that it would be kosher. And then the Shulchan Aruch in Simon Tafresh Lamar Aleph, uh, adds, As we mentioned, if the schach above is at least a tefach or greater, even though there's a separation between the different layers of schach, of three tefachim, exactly the lotion of the Rambam, the Mechaber uses, and touches the exact, touches the edge of the opening below. V'hu shi'em chuvan keneget tzvas Again, the exact lotion of the Rambam. The Mishnah Brura on the Mechaber says, Ritzon olomar, hechalal shebetachton yem chuvan neged harochev hakona ha'elyon. Shi'er roi lohoirid ha'elyon benasayim. It must be that I can place the top schach between the opening below. Mishnah Bura adds, Ula Fuke to exclude, Im Hayakotzer Bishiuro Min Hakona Ha'elyon. That this excludes a case that we would not apply Chobot Rami, whereby the opening is smaller than the Schach above. Now, once again, if we learn like Rashi and Tosis, that what's happening here is that the Schach is just falling on top of it, like a good Aches. We view it as just falling down upon it. 
And it's difficult to understand why the opening has to be as large as the schach above it. But if we understand Chabut Rami, not as ze al ze, but ze eitz al ze, then we understand that it's not a concept of just dropping the schach above, upon the schach below, but rather that it's a complementary uh, halacha, that the schach above has to be ze eitz al ze, with the schach below, and we view them betziruf and as being complementary. Now, this may go back, this issue, this hakira of whether it's ze al ze or ze eitz al ze, may also explain the machlokas of whether we say chabut rami by chamta meruba mitzilta. It may be that if chamta is meruba mitzilta, then if it's a din of tziruf, then somehow that light, the amount of light that's coming between the two schachos does not allow us to be mitzarif them. Therefore, that would be the sheet of possibly the Piske Harid and all the Rishonim who disagree with Rashi and Tosus. But it could be Rashi and Tosus Lishitosam, that they are of the opinion that we view it as if the schach literally falls on top of the other schach. If the schach falls on top of the other schach, then what does it matter whether chamta miru mitzilta? At the end of the day, the schach is falling on top of the other schach and creating a scenario whereby the schach has the potential to provide the uh, to provide the proper shade. If we look in the Ramah, uh, in that same sif hey in simetofresh lamal of sif hey, hagod the hainu sheish ba'avir sheben ha'tachton. Tefach. He says we definitely need the first of those three requirements, that the opening below has to be at least a tefach. Sheroi lahoyrida elyon, that we could bring the elyon down. Vaaz kshera, and only then it's kosher. So concerning the scenarios of whether we need the bottom to correspond exactly to the top, that's not that clear in the Mechaber of the Ramah. What is clear in the Ramah is at least the opening below has to be a tefach. The Mishnah Brewer seems to understand both the Mechaber and Ramah, like the Kesed Mishnah understood the Rambam, that it has to be an exact fit and it has to correspond. Now it seems, as I mentioned, that Rashi and Tosas disagree with this understanding and don't view Chabut Rami as Zeh Eitzel Zeh, but rather Zeh Al Zeh. And this seems to be Tosas Lushitose with Tosas on he has a problem. There's a sugi there of sukkah tachas sukkah. That one sukkah on top of a sukkah is possible. There's a machlokas there about how much of a space you need between the two sukkahs in order to say that I have a problem with sukkah tachas sukkah. So for instance, according to everybody, if there be less than a tefach between the top sukkah and the bottom sukkah, you would not say that it's sukkah tachas sukkah. There's another shita that you need a space of dalat vachim. And then there's shita shmuel, that is only a psul of sukkah tachas sukkah if there is a separation of a sarat vachim. Tosus is actually puzzled. If I say chabut rami, I should never have a problem with sukkah tachas sukkah, because I should be able, chabut rami should say like Rashi, and like Tosus, should just be a good achis. I should just be able to drop the top sukkah, midin chabut rami, on top of the bottom sukkah. Now, if I understand Chabot Rami is just dropping, ze al ze, then I understand Tosus' quandary. 
But if I understand it like the other Rishonim, like the Ran, like the Ritva, like the Rambam, like the Ramah, like the Mishnah Brewer's understanding clearly of the requirement for them to be exactly corresponding, then I don't understand how Tosas could compare Sukkah Taka Sukkah with our case of Sukkah that's Mevubeles and a Sukkah that is haphazard. Because Sukkah Taka Sukkah is not haphazard. It's one full Sukkah on top of the other. Nevertheless, Tosas on Yudom Arav says, Even though we say later in our Sugya, Chabut Rami, somehow Tosas says, Concerning sukkah, tacha sukkah, hacha lo shayach. Tosas does not explain, but clearly the very fact that he's bothered by it shows that he's not learning that the din of chabut rami is ze itzel but rather ze al There is a chazoin ish that wants to be machadish, that whether you view chabut rami as ze itzel or ze al may be different when we deal with the haros, as opposed to sukkah. The Chazoynish and Oyelois, Simen Ches, Sifkot and Gimel, is Mechadish that even though concerning the Ohel, concerning in, in the case of Tuma, it, as long as the top boards have a Tefach, I'm really not concerned with the bottom gaps. That may be by Oyelois and Taharas, but by sukkah, we require it to be Ze'etzel Ze. So interestingly enough, the Chazoynish says, this Chakira in Chabut Rami is totally on whether we're dealing with the two cases where we find in the Gemara Chabut Rami, Sukkah or the Din of Oholos and Tuma. By Tuma and Tara, he says Chabut Rami would be Ze Al Ze, by Sukkah would be Ze Eitzel Ze. And it's very interesting that Chazan Ish is Mechadish, and this Halacha Moshe Misina works differently in two cases, while our Gemara seems to say that the whole Makrafer by Sukkah is by Tuma and Tahara. The second case on our Mishnah is Ushetzilta Maruba Mechamta Kshera. At first glance, it appears that this is a very, very strange halacha because it seems so simple that if there is more tzel created by the schach than there is chama, of course it's going to be kosher. Secondly, why does the Mishnah use the Loshan Kshera as if to say that if there's more shade than there is chama, then it's Kshera, which implies Bidyevin? So this phrase in the Mishnah is a subject of the Machlokas of Rav Shmuel, of whether it's a separate halacha or just modifies the first halacha of Sukkah Ham Duvileles. According to Rav, it's one long halacha. That Sukkah Ham Duvileles, which Rav says is Sukkah Aniyah, as we mentioned, the Sukkah that has a paucity of schach, that has exactly the same amount of schach as Ovir. As and is kosher because there is no, uh, uh, there is no hefsek between the any of the schachos more than three tefachim. According to Rav, that is modified by that that paucity of schach and that very very poor schach in terms of the quantity of schach of of schach is considered to be kosher only because of shetzilta miruba michamto kashera. The reason that it is kosher only bidyeved is because, as Tosus points out, that it is not always throughout the day that you're going to find more tzel than chama. And rather, he says, the ikaima chama barosh kol adam hayasat silta meruba ain livsol bishvil chama haba min hatzad ba'alkason. 
Ve'osa osa chamta meruba. Because according to Shittas Tosas, as long as, according, according to Rav, as long as the halacha is that when the chama is barosh kol adam, there is more tzel, that is enough to make it a kosher sukkah. Now, this may only be a din bidiyevet, because it means that throughout the day, you're actually having more sun than you're having shade. The Rambam in Hilchus Sukkah, Perakei Halacha Chavalov states, Derech HaSichoch Lios Kal. The way to be Mesachich HaSugi is to have it loose. Kidei Shiyiru Imeno HaKachavim HaGadolim. In order that you should at least be able to see large stars. It appears from the Rambam that the right way to put on Sach on the Sukkah is to actually not have a Sukkah Aniyah, Lechatchila, but rather to put the schach on freely and to have much more schach than ovir, therefore much more tzel than chama throughout the day. Rather, there's just a requirement that you should see the kachavim gadolim. So the Rambam is mashma that this concept of a sukkah that is a bare minimum of tzel is not really the proper way to do the schach. It may very well be, as we will discuss in sukkah muba, that there's a chiddush here of hider mitzvah by the amount of schach that you put on top of a sukkah. Now, the way that Shmuel learns the Mishnah is sukkah ham duvleles is one halacha, and shetzilta meruba mechamto keshera is actually a separate second, second halacha. Now, once again, it's strange. If ushetzilta meruba mechamto keshera is its own halacha, that would seem to be very, very poshut. So why is it brought in the Mishnah? to tell us that a sukkah that has more shade and has sun is kosher. So the Gemara says it comes to teach us diuk. Ha ki hadadi psula, to teach us that when there is the same amount of tzel and chama, then it is possible. So the Mishnah is coming for the purpose of teaching us a diuk. Now, the Mishnah, the Gemara also points out that there seems to be an opposite diuk with the first Mishnah in our Masechta. Vatnan bi'idach pirkin, at the beginning of our parak it says, only if the sun outweighs the shade is it possible, which seems to intimate haki hadadik shera. So the Gemara says it depends where the even amount of tzel and chama are. Kan milmala. If they are above, then there's one halacha. If they are below, then there's another halacha. So Machlokas Rashi tells us how to learn this Gemara. They learn it in opposite, diametrically opposed ways. Rashi says, Kan milmala, kan milmata. kinan ki hadadi psula, lemalakai. Rashi learns when is it that the sukkah is possible? When ki hadadi, when there's the exact same quantity of shade and sun on top. Meaning, kishiyesh bein kone lekone, kemale kone. When the schach and the air is 50-50. Even if you know for sure there's not more air than schach, but rather it's 50-50, it's possible. Why does Rashi say? Because schach 50-50 on top will result in more chama on the bottom. So first Rashi is saying, I can't have more chama on the bottom of the sukkah than tzel. So firstly, Rashi says, there's a requirement of having 
at least as much tzel on the bottom of the sukkah as on top of the sukkah. Then Rashi says, When is it that it is kosher? That's when noket shi'ure milmata. That's when on the bottom there is a 50-50 split between chama and sel. Why? And it's interesting, not because, as Rashi said at the beginning of Rashi, that essentially I need that the sale not to be outweighed or not for the quantity of chama to overpower the sale, but rather there's another reason, a secondary reason. Ki hadadi because when they are uh, exactly the same on the bottom, then he says, biadua, then I know that on top, shakonim rechavim avir. So Rashi is actually telling us two separate halachas. The top must be greater than 50-50. There must be more schach than over on top because I cannot have the chama overpowering the tzel on the bottom. Requirement number one, on the bottom where I sit, there cannot be more chama than tzel. Secondly, on the bottom, if it's 50-50, then I would know that on top it would be less than, if if it is 50-50 on the bottom, then I would know on top that it would be less than 50-50. And Rashi says, if it's on the bottom, it's 50-50. V'hadadakina ki hadadi k'shera noket shi'ura milmata, shechama v'tzeel shavin b'yadu ha'shakonim rechavim mina avir. If it is 50-50 on the bottom, then I would know it is greater on top, meaning there's more schach than there's over on top. So Rashi has those two requirements. Tosus learns the Gemara exactly the opposite. And Tosus says, based on a Gemara in Erevin, Tesvavam and Bez, and a sugi earlier in Sukkot, Tesvavam and Aleph, that says there's a concept of Beparitzka Omed, Mutter, that when you have an open area, in a closed area that are exactly the same, then it is mutter. So for instance, concerning mechitzos, if I have an area whereby the opening and the closed part of the entranceway are equal, then I consider the entranceway mutter closed. So based on that, Tosa says that it has to be that when it's exactly even, it is kosher. So ki hadadi ninu kosher must be on top. So Tosus learns that having schach and ovir on top of the sukkah exactly equivalent is kosher. And that's the case of ki hadadi ninu kosher. Where is ki hadadi ninu puzzle according to Tosus? The exact opposite scenario of Rashi. That when you're on the ground and you are viewing the schach above, and the schach above from the ground appears to be 50-50, then it's possible according to Tosus, because it's an optical illusion and really on top there is not schach and other 50-50. Rather, from the bottom you cannot discern it. And from the bottom it may appear to be 50-50, but it's really more over than schach. So you see according to Tosus there's only one requirement to be machsher your sukkah. That one requirement is that at least 50% 
of the top of the sukkah has to be tzel, has to be schach. But it doesn't have to be the majority. Because just like the Torah tells us by a mechitza that don't have an opening greater than 50%, the requirement by the sukkah is not a positive requirement of tzel, to have more tzel than chama, but Tosus learns that the chid, that the requirement of tzel is just don't have the tzel overpowered or more chama than tzel. His raya is also from a Gemara in Sukkah earlier, Tesvavim and Aleph, which speaks about being Mesachech Sukkah with Sukkah Psula, which are actually metal rods, together with Sukkah Kshera. The Gemara there says, if there's exactly a 50-50 split between Sechach Posel and Sechach Kosher, it has the same din as Poretz Ka'omed Mutter and is Kosher. So Tosus says there's one halacha. Don't have the Sechach on top overpowered by Sechach Posel or by Chama. He's learning that Chama and Sechach Posel and Din Mechitzas are all the same or all equivalent. The Rush says he can't understand how Tosus actually can compare the two sugyas. What is the machlogus between Rashi and Tosus? Tosus feels that there's no requirement to actually sit betzel sukkah. There's no requirement that on the bottom that the that the tzel itself has to actually um, define the yeshivas hasukkah and is a tnai in the Etzim Shem Sukkah. Rather, what a Sukkah needs is to have Tzach, and the Cheftza of Tzach on top of it. As long as that Cheftza of Tzach is not overwhelmed, or that that Shem Tzach is not bottled by having greater Chama, just like a Mechitza is not overwhelmed by having a larger opening, just like the schach kosher is not overwhelmed by schach posel, as long as I have the shame schach, the chefza of schach on top, even if it's only 50%, that's kosher. According to Rashi, that's not enough. According to Rashi, as the Russian Simon Gimel points out, you can't compare the two sugyas. The sugyas over there are talking about the chefza of mechitza, the chefza of schach posel, schach kosher. But here we're talking about the Iker Tnai of the Sukkah, which is Tzel. And in order for there to be a Kosher Sukkah, you required that the Tzel on the bottom of the Sukkah should not be overwhelmed by the Chama. And, Rashi says, you require that the Tzach on top totally overwhelms and is the majority of the top of the Sukkah. So we see that there's a major machlokas, Rashi and Tosus here, how to understand the requirement of tzel. According to Rashi, it's a siba. Meaning, I need that there be tzel in order for the, the ikr shem sukkah to be considered a sukkah. I need there to be shade in the sukkah. And I need more shade on top. Then I need chama. And I have to make sure that on the bottom of the sukkah, that the tzel is not overwhelmed by the chama. According to Tosus, it appears that even if the chama is greater where you are sitting, as long as I have a chefz of schach on top, that's enough. And for a chefz of schach, that would fall into the general category of a mechitza, or schach kosher versus schach posel, 
that as long as the schach kosher is not overwhelmed, even though it's also even though it is only fifty percent, it is like parutz kaomed mutter, and just like the Torah says, an opening can't overwhelm mechitza. In order there for there to be a shame mechitza, so as long as they are even, it still has a shame mechitza. According to Tosus, as long as the schach is fifty percent and is not overwhelmed by the avir and the chama, that's enough to have the chefza of schach, and you don't really need sale for the ikra tanai hasukkah. You just need the chefza of schach according to Tosus on top of the sukkah. The third topic in our Mishnah, third din in our Mishnah, is Sukkah Me'ubah. Sukkah Me'ubah comes from the word Av, which is thick. Our Mishnah says that a, a thick Sukkah, a Sukkah that has a lot of schach piled upon it, to the extent it's kimin bias, So again, we have to ask ourselves, what would be the psul of Sukkah Me'ubah? What is the Chiddush of the Mishnah? And also, what is the Lashon Kshera, which seems to intimate by Sukkah Me'uba, that's only Kosher B'dievet. The Bir Hagra in Simon Tafresh Laman Aleph, Sifkot and Gimel, actually brings a Yerushalmi, where the Yerushalmi states that Sukkah Me'uba is only Kosher B'dievet. And Lechatchila, you need Sharkoch Vim Nirim Mitocha. And he says the Diuk of the Yerushalmi is from the Lashon of Mishnah Kshera. That kimin uba, that abaye hamuba kimin bias, that a very very thick schach on top is only kosher b'dieved is based on the lashon kshera, which means only b'dieved and not lechatchila. Again, if we look at the Rambam in Parakei Halacha Chafalif, we describes the way to do schach. It's derech hasichuch lioskal. The way of schach is to be put on freely. If it is thick, the schach, like a house. The first question is, we, uh, is there ever a case where a sukkah mu'uba, where a sukkah or the schach that is put on top of the sukkah is too thick to actually make the schach possible? So I goes my monios and os aleph on that rambam, states that there is a revelator mimitz, the Urayim, who says, that is medayek from the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Sukkum uba kimin bias. Shmamino velo kibayas mamish. Meaning, the schach has to be piled on in such a way that it appears to be like a house, meaning in terms of its thickness, but it is not like a house in its appearance. So the example that the Urayim gives is that we know there's a gezeras uh, tikra. We know that certain boards of certain size can't be used because we might think or then that we could use a regular roof for the sukkah. But let's say you put boards that are very small, slats that are small on top of the sukkah, which don't have a gezeras tikra. The Urayim says they would be puzzled anyway because it actually has the appearance of a bias. So a sukkah ma'uba, where it creates a sukkah that actually looks like a house, not kimin bias, similar to a house, but looks like a house, then it's like a bias mamish, and the Uraim says a sukkah ma'uba in such a case would be puzzle. So that's the first case where we see a sukkah ma'uba might be puzzle. 
Prima Godim in Simen Tov Reish Lamed Aleph, concerning the halacha of Sukkim Uba, where the Shulchan Aruch brings this down, similar to the Lashon Harambam, in Sif Gimel, says, Derech HaSichel Lios Kal, Kedei Sheyiru Mimenok HaChovim HaGedolim, Hayisam Ma'uba, again, if it is thick, Kimen Bayis, Afal Pishen HaKochavim Nira Mitoch HaKshera. The Prima Godim, however, says, it's only kosher if you can't see the kochavim, but if rain cannot enter the sukkah, then the prima Godim says that it's impossible that the sukkah can be kosher. And he actually is medayik from a number of gemaras later in the second parak uh, that speak about uh, the concept of a sukkah having geshamim coming into it and being mitzta'er. He is medayek from those gemaras that you need a sukkah that allows rain to enter, and if it doesn't allow rain to enter, then it would be puzzle. There's a third scenario by which a sukkah ma'uba could be puzzle. Even though the rush on our sugya in Simon Gimel states that a sukkah ma'uba is kosher bidyevit in lechatchila, as we mentioned, it should be like the Rambam says, derech sichuch kal. Nevertheless, there is a rush in the first parak, uh, in Simenyud Beis, where the, the Gemara discusses Sukkos na, Nochrim, Noshim Behema Kusim, where these Sukkos are considered to be kosher, even though they are not made the Shem Sukkah. And the Gemara says, provided Ubuvad, Shitehei Mesucheches Kirchosa. Amar of Chizda, of Chizda says that a Sukkah that's made for goyim, or for women, or even for animals, and is not for the sake of Chagasukas, is kosher provided v'usha also l'tzel l'hislonen tachdecha mechorav mimater. Now, what does that mean? Rashi learns. It means that if the sukkah was made for anything else than shade, i.e. for privacy, then it would be puzzle. So Rashi says that the Gemara, when it says that a sukkah even though it's not made for Chag HaSukkot, it's kosher. It's nevertheless kosher when it's made only for sale. Is La Fuke is to exclude if it's made for privacy. However, the Rosh brings Shitas Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam perish sha'asa litzel v'lo ma'uba v'hagen min ha'matar. That a sukkah ma'uba would be possible in a scenario where the sukkah is not made for the sake of Chakasukas. So it's interesting, the Chiddush of our Mishnah is, according to Rabbeinu Tam, that a Sukkah Ma'uba is only kosher if it is made L'Shem Sukkah. Because since it has a construction which seems not to be like a structure for shade, but rather a structure for rain, normally a structure for rain, which a Sukkah Ma'uba, according to Rabbeinu Tam, would be possible because it's not l'shem tzel, unless you made the sukkah specifically l'shem chagasukas. In Tafresh Lamed Aleph, the tour says that since his father nowhere says that a sukkah mu'uba is possible, therefore he holds that a sukkah mu'uba is kosher. The Bach in Simon Dalid, in, in Sif Dalid, on the tour says that it must be that the tour is not referring to the rush in the first parak, that the tour is stating that if a sukkah is made l'shem sukkah, then his father, the rush, would say sukkah mubabu is not possible. But as the Bach points out, the rush in the first parak in Simeon Beis does say 
that if a sukkah mu'uba is built, not l'shem tzel, and not l'shem the purpose of sukkahs, then it would be possible, because mu'uba is a chisaron in l'shem tzel, which can be remedied if you make it l'shem chagasukkahs. So again, we have three scenarios whereby a sukkah mu'uba could be possible. We have the Urayim, where you build it in such a way that it is a house, not just similar to a house, i.e. with boards. You have the prima godim that if it's built and it keeps out the rain, it could be possible. And thirdly, the rush who says that if it's not built l'shem chaga sukkis, then it's not l'shem sale by definition, and sukkum ub is possible. So we do have three cases where sukkum ub could be possible. But in the scenario where it's not possible, and it's only kosher, we saw it through Shalmi and the Vilna Gaon, based on a diuk in the Mishnah, where the Mishnah says, Kshere, says, even if it's kosher, it's only kosher b'dievet. Why is that? So it may be, as the Rambam states, that the proper way to be mesachek a sukkah is not too light and also not too heavy. So it has to clearly be a structure that is not a diras keva, and without getting to machloikas Rabbi Yehudin Chachomim, meaning it's not a question of the sturdiness, but it's of the appearance. The appearance has to be one of a sukkah lechatchila. Now what is the nature of this din? It appears that it may be the Hidr Mitzvah, a din of Hidr Mitzvah. It may be that in order for the sukkah to have the highest level of Shem Sukkah, and for your Yeshiva's sukkah to actually be a special Kiyom in Yeshiva's sukkah, then it may be that the Hidr Mitzvah is performed only if the Schach is put on in such a way that there is a, clearly a lot of shade, meaning not just enough shade, but not too strong and being too heavy, so it eliminates the concept of being a yeshivas tzel. Now the Gemara in Shabbos Kuflam and Gimel Mabez does say that one of the halachas of of Zekelevadveu Hidr Mitzvah applies to Sukkah Noah. So it may be that this is one of the requirements of Sukkah Noah. Not just that the materials are beautiful, but the derech hasichuch is beautiful. And then Yesh we could say, what is the nature of this derech hasichuch? Is it a hider in the chefza of the sukkah itself? Or maybe it's actually a hider not in the chefza of the mitzvah sukkah, but in the maisa yeshivas hasukkah. That if the maisa yeshivas hasukkah allows some air to come in and allows you to see the stars without... Um, allowing too much sun to come in and really does give you an overwhelming amount of shade, then maybe it's a hider not just in the chefts of the sukkah, or the, but also in the maisi shivas sukkah. And we do see this concept of chef, of hider mitzvah not only by the chefteshal mitzvah, but by the maisa asiyas ha mitzvah in tzari tesem and beis and psachim, where it says Arib psachim lo yochel adam atchetachshach. And the Mishnah says the reason is because you should not eat too much erev pesach. In order that you eat the matzah b'tayva and the shitas rashi and rashbam on the Mishnah there on Sadites, uh, both state that's because of Mishum Hidr Mitzvah. And there clearly we see Hidr Mitzvah is not in the Cheftas Shal Mitzvah, but the way you do the Maisa Mitzvah. So maybe here also by Sukkah, sitting in a Sukkah that has the right amount of Schach, that doesn't allow an, a lot of sun in, even though technically it's kosher and is not totally covered up, where you don't get the feel of being in a sukkah, but rather more like a house or a permanent structure, 
may enhance your yeshiva sukkah, and therefore a sukkah mu'uba may be a chisarin in hinder mitzvah, not only in the chefts of, sh- of the sukkah, but also in the maisa yeshiva sukkah. You have been listening to the shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a daf or masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.